Bum 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 Embargo Breakers! Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Embargo Breakers, that show on the internet that breaks embargo and tells us official real news about video games that we have definitely played, even though they're not out. We have definitely played them, we're definitely not making up anything we say, this is all official news, it's all real, it's all definitely, definitely, definitely real, I can't... I can't stress enough how real this discussion of video games this is, is. This is so real, it's the realest. It, it is the realest. So, uh, in, in the realness corner, risking it all to break embargo with me today, are Gabe. Hello, Gabe. Hello. Who are you? What do you do? Other than I breaking embargoes. Besides in break, breaking embargoes, which is my full-time uh, position uh, here at Embargo Breakers, I am also the contributing editor and producer at Tech Radar. Fantastic. We also have Jed. Jed, what do you do when you're not full-time breaking embargoes? Oh, hello. Sometimes I write for Destructoid. Other times I write for other places. Sometimes I write for Steam Shovelers. They're websites that you can read if you want to. Woo, and I'm Laura K. Buzz. I, I am one of them people what breaks embargoes, and I'm here to just, like, we're gonna break all the embargoes on games we definitely played and are not making up things about because we haven't played you're, them yet and want to be part of the discourse. <laughs> You were the most famous embargo breaker. You you famously uh, broke into Nintendo's office, found their embargoes, yeah. and then broke all of them. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was like, I could share these with the world. I'd rather take the embargoes and snap them in half, you know. I right. want to break the embargoes. So, uh, we do have another embargo breaker who's not with us today because they are off doing some embargo breaking business and dead yeah and and maybe dead we don't know they might be dead who wants to talk about the the missing embargo breaker and what they're up to oh i will so his name is miles cox you may know him from sometimes doing stuff from destructoid and currently he is on location in an undisclosed AAA publisher's uh air vents metal gear solid style and he is he was at least Sending us Morse codes via a Wi-Fi hotspot for our next episode of the game that we're going to break, uh, you know, the embargo for. But uh, he's went silent, so we're concerned. If you see a small man named Miles Cox, or Mile, Mile Cox, Miles of Cox, if you see him, just let us know. If you see Miles and Miles of Cox somewhere, <laughs> then, uh, you know, let us he's know. He's going to kill us. <laughs> it's fine. So, uh... Who wants to tell everyone what game we are breaking embargo on today? Because we've definitely all played it. We definitely know all this information. Yeah, it's I called I, again, Red I, Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, yeah. Again, I can't We're stress... totally going in a different direction. I, re I really can't stress how much all of this is real information. We definitely have played this game and we're not making any of it up. Like, I feel the need to stress this just in case any, like, ninjas from, from game companies are listening. This is I definitely can, not made up. I want to I want to stress that I can see Laura right now and she definitely didn't wink at the camera 3 times while saying that. <laughs> uh so yeah, what what game are we breaking embargo on uh, this week? <laughs> we're going to be talking about The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, both the Wii U and the Nintendo Switch version. Oh, yeah, we 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 don't work by halves here. If we're going to do it, we're going to break embargo the whole way. So uh Right. Jed, Jed, I believe you have. Oh, shit, I haven't, I haven't played that one. Uh, I mean, I have. Ah, uh, uh, you have. Uh, I, I have. Jed, Jed, I believe 
you had somewhere you wanted to start us off in terms of character creation and stuff you thought thought was interesting. Right. I let's just uh, you know point out the elephant in the room. Nintendo finally did it. They gave us what we all wanted, just not necessarily in the way we wanted it. So the very first question I ask you after your name, obviously is what genitals does your character have? And then you can pick from penis or vag- vagine, vagina. And then from then on, it just refers to your character with a, you know gender-neutral term. So they, lots of theys. Yeah, That's they, pretty they, much the only one. They like they, them. They and them work well. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like it was an unnecessary initial question, but I feel like the fact that they asked it, I think, was just to prove a point that they were like, yeah, we can ask you the question, and then we're just going to use they. They is a valid single pronoun for gender neutralness, and we want to make a political statement on that. Like, we're only asking you about your genitals so we can prove a point about gender neutral pronouns. And I think that's, that's, that's a very, very brave move by Nintendo. I believe as a cis man, I'm supposed to say that that was very brave. Uh, yeah, well, uh, see, you know what's most interesting? I tried switching over the language settings, and in Japanese, I can't read Japanese, so I don't know if it fucking did the same thing or not. And I think that's very interesting that I don't know if they used singular pronouns that were gender neutral, because I don't fucking speak Japanese. I mean, who knows? You know, Nintendo's Treehouse, they're always ruining those games with yeah. their translations. But for all we know, they might have gone a different direction and used the Japanese equivalent of non-they-them gender neutral pronouns like Z and Zia. We don't know. Maybe that's what they did in Japan. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. I read Japanese. Was, was it Z that. and Zia? Okay. Yeah, well, it was. It I, was Z and Zia. Okay, well, that's, you know... Some people are going to be happy with that change. Some are not. We'll we'll see how 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 the uh, the regular critics when they wait for embargo you, react. You know, I thought it was really interesting the way that it didn't impact the story whatsoever. As mm. if as it was almost as if Link's gender has never impacted the story. It was almost as if you could have Link be male or female or non-binary, and the character would still work. And Nintendo's reluctance to have a female Zelda and Link, you know. Also, I realized I just did the fucking thing. I did that thing. Uh, I'm a fake. What if Zelda I, was a girl? What if Zelda was a girl? I, I'm a fucking fake gamer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do not deserve to be on Embargo Breakers. No, like, it would have made zero difference if Link was female, perhaps. And Nintendo's reluctance to make a female Link is maybe kind of stupid. And maybe they're aware of this. And poking fun at themselves? No, it cu- it couldn't be that. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> it's gotta be. No, you know what I think it is. They had extra room on the game cart, and they were like, you know, he, him, she, her. Only take up three characters. They and them takes up four characters. We'll fill up that game cart before we know it. Value for money for gamers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, sw- the Switch only has thirty-two gigabytes, so you know, you gotta fill it up somehow. Yeah, right. It's a lot of space. I mean, that's more than enough. I extracted the cartridge and and, and created my own ROM from this and found out that it only took six kilobytes to uh, add the gender uh, choice to the game. So uh, here's here's the thing that... That's definitely a thing I did. Yeah, so here's, here's the thing that I think is very interesting about this game. I really like the fact that, uh, you know, you've seen Link running around in his underwear in a lot of the uh, the preview coverage... I like that in the full game they were not afraid to be like, hey, you can also take those underwear off and just play completely in the nude. 
Like that that feels like a very brave choice to be like, hey, you know, if we're gonna ask you all about that 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 genitalia question, we might as well let you, you would, see what you picked. You do get to see it. Yeah. Uh, in the flesh. From all angles. Yeah. I, I thought it was really strange that they uh that Link has like no body hair except for right on the genitals. It's just really a big bush down there. Yeah. Well, like I, I think it's even more telling that if you choose the penis option, it's a robot penis. Like, Brilliant. I never saw any kind of, like, explanation in the plot as to why. Uh, my theory is he's part guardian, those those guardian creatures running around. I think, like, the robot penis was meant to show you that he's, that they are part guardian. That makes sense, really. I yeah. mean, it just makes sense cano- canonically? How do yeah. words work? It, it makes sense from that whole scene where one of the guardians ran up to him and uh, them and said, "Hey, I am your gender neutral parent." Like it would make sense if Link was part guardian. That does make sense. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a nice touch that right on the tip there was like a, a Triforce tattoo. Well, ah, yes, I noticed that too. Yeah, well, it explains why we didn't see the Triforce in any of the trailers. It was on the genitalia the whole time, and it was always Link's penis. Yeah, it was always Link's penis and/or vagine. Uh, so, so I want to talk a little bit about that first boss we come across because that is a spectacularly memorable first boss. You know, as I'm talking right now and totally not vamping for time, I'm sure both of you can picture that first boss in all of its memorable glory. I really like the amount of feathers that they had on it and places that you wouldn't really expect feathers. Like, like, the, like the, eyeballs the, and like nipples just feathery I, and then the rest just like a big bald chicken. I liked that there were feathers on the inside of the mouth. Like that's not usually a place you see feathers. That's a that memorable was a nice place touch. to put them. I like it looked like it ate a baby hen. I, I liked how there were simultaneously too many and too few legs. Like I couldn't work out if there were too many or too few legs. It was it was like it was like if Cthulhu and like what is the chickens called a cuck cucko? <laughs> it's like if if they combined into one creature with a little hint of of uh you know what is that stuff called in the game uh rock. <laughs> uh so I I. I, I, I'm trying to... I'm still stuck on the whole legs thing. Like, here's, here's how I would describe the number of legs on that first boss. It's like if you took, like, a centipede and cut off, like, seven or eight legs in a couple of different spots on one side. Like, it's still got more legs than any creature should have, but simultaneously you can tell it's missing some legs. Did you, did you notice the one leg? The one leg, if you zoom in with your bow and arrow, you can see one leg is just holding a teacup. Which yeah. I thought was cute. It was like a classy boss. Well, did you know that if you go and find the, the, the tea bag that's like hidden somewhere on the Great Plateau, you can skip that boss fight entirely by offering it the tea. And then it makes a cup of tea and you just sit down and have a nice chat. That is great. What do you what do you talk about? I mean what is I mean, I know that Link talks in this one, which is a big change. Yeah. And he's voiced by uh who was who was it that It was Macaulay Culkin. Oh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> I know, like, who else would you pick? And I, I like that they went with Macaulay Culkin in every region. Right, I mean, he, he everyone <laughs> knows that Macaulay is just such a talented 
artiste. He speaks all these languages. He looks like Link. He has a good yeah. band, I've t- I'm told. So if, if I remember right, Gabe, you got the teacup conversation. So uh, what did McCauley... I got the teacup. Yeah. I think that Link talks a little too much um, about his feelings. Or their feelings. I know. We, um, we, we, we are really... like The fact that we keep messing up pronouns here says just how important it is that Nintendo went with gender-neutral pronouns. You know, we, we all need to learn to be better with our use of gender-neutral pronouns. But, uh, yeah, what did they talk too much about? Uh, feelings, emotions, um, art, uh, record collection, um, just, uh, just I, uh, bucket hats. Well, see, here's, um, here's the thing that I really like and really appreciate is that I like the fact Nintendo went to the effort to hack into everyone's Spotify who plays this game so that Link would know what music he listened to so that the spider could give better music. Like, talk about records that you're interested in. I think it was... Yeah. It's impressive quite how many, like, different albums they had critiques and opinions on recorded by Macaulay Culkin to talk about in that boss fight. But it's just Mm -hmm. just a good example of how much detail they put into fleshing out this open world adventure yeah it was it was like they they played metal gear solid one when they were like oh it talks about the saves on my memory card well we're gonna up the ante we're gonna have macaulay culkin talk to you about creed and hansen because you've listened to them on spotify and i thought it was weird when uh link just started talking about my facebook friends and uh my personal life and, and started knowing about things that that link probably shouldn't have known about um uh, my uh appointment with my psychiatrist on wednesday um link just knew way too much about my personal life but it was impressive from a technical perspective and that's what really counts right i would give up all my rights just to feel a little more connected with link personally yeah exactly like i think that it's only this is the future of video games, the fact that all of our personal information is collected, sent to Nintendo, so that they can get Macaulay Culkin to record lines on the fly to send back to your copy of the game so that you get personalised Macaulay Culkin dialogue. I think I think that is the future of video games, if I'm honest. Yeah, I at mean, the, at Macaul- the- Macaulay Culkin is basically a Vocaloid at this point. He was always a Vocaloid. What do you want about? Did you not know that Macaulay Culkin oh has only ever been a Vocaloid? Oh my god! <laughs> um, so, going on from like that, that first boss, I want to talk a little bit about number of bosses, because, you know, usually you get, what, like eight boss fights in, in a Zelda yeah. game? The fact that this one had 1,367, according to the strategy guide, uh... I am I am impressed that they had that many. I think they ran out of steam by the end because that last couple of bosses were really not impressive. Six of them were the same, and I was really confused about that. Yeah, yeah, like, that that really pissed me off. I mean, like, come on, you only have this many bosses, and you have to copy six of them. I they went the No Man's Sky route where they were just like, let's put in the most amount of things possible. And there was just a very little variety. Well, I, I like the I like the bit at the end. I, I think it's interesting that you mentioned No Man's Sky, where you fight the final boss and then you get in the spaceship and then you are in No Man's Sky and No Man's Sky is in Breath of the Wild. Like I think I think that that was a really good way to contextualize No Man's Sky because everyone was saying for ages No Man's Sky is a shit game. It's like ah, 
but what you do not know is it's the Breath of the Wild sequel, and now, retroactively, it's a better game. Yeah, that, I mean, that was a real <laughs> surprise, and a real, you know, collaboration between Sony and Nintendo, so who knows what the future holds. Yeah, uh, well... We we see a couple of examples of Nintendo and Sony get... They're clearly working together in some capacity, considering, like, four of the bosses were Sony properties. Yeah, I was really surprised to see Crash Bandicoot and Kratos in the yeah, same game. like, coming across Joel from The Last of Us, I was like, oh, you have a straight-up gun. Maybe I don't want to fight with you. Like, I can deal with the thing with the feathers in the wrong places and too many yet not enough arms, but Joel, ugh... Yeah, and the th- the first boss, the one with the feathers, was the the bird dog from uh, Last Guardian. Yeah, except it wasn't like I I feel like that one they were trying to make a bootleg of a Sony property while they were clearly on good terms with Sony anyway. Like why why they didn't just use the bird dog and instead took the feathers off the outside, put them in its mouth, and gave it too many <laughs> and not enough not enough legs. I don't know why if you're already working with sony why try and bootleg a sony property yeah the the strangest part too is how many buttholes did that thing have like uh, way uh, too many i counted i counted uh go on gabe how many did you count i was gonna say i counted four uh i counted like 58 before i stopped counting so i, I don't know maybe we got procedurally generated different numbers of buttholes that if so, that's actually really impressive yeah, it's from a, a technical perspective. It's, it's a different experience every time you play. How many buttholes will the first boss have? Nobody knows. A no man's sky in its own right. Yeah, exactly. There are eighteen and, billion combinations of numbers of buttholes the first boss can have. And speaking of buttholes, I was impressed with the the horses' buttholes. They were very realistic, almost photorealistic. In fact, they were photorealistic. <laughs> I did, did. Nintendo spent seven months in Australia taking photographs of horse buttholes. <laughs> um, I actually no, interviewed them about I'm, that, yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry to, to fill you in on this, but one of the buttholes, I have been informed, is Reggie's butthole. Oh, no. Yeah. That's yeah. too far, Nintendo. My, my body too is soon. not ready for that. <sighs> so, what's, what's up next for discussion? Who wants to pick a direction for us to go oh i just want to say one more thing about the horses i really thought the uh the skins you could unlock for them were entertaining but the the photo realistic like horse humanoid combination of Miyamoto and a horse was really disturbing to ride around on just Miyamoto on all fours just trotting along eating carrots getting whipped by link it was very homoerotic in a way Mm, definitely. Like, I, 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 I was on board until the point where Horse Miyamoto just started to shout, like, harder, Daddy. And then I got a bit weirded out. Like, that's... I, I don't feel I comfortable mean, whipping I you still, anymore. I still jerked off to it. But well, well, there's that bit where it, sh- it it comes up with the prompt on the on the Switch version only. So I don't... Did you play the Switch version or the Wii U? Because I know you only played one. I only played it on Wii U. Okay, so what you missed out on is there is a couple of points where, like, the game will pause and it'll say, hey, get the Joy-Con, stick it next to your dick, and jerk off. Now, what I think is really interesting there is the assumption that you have a dick, because for me, it's like, well, like, can I just, like, slide it in my vagina and mess about there? And they were like, the, the game could hear my thoughts. And it was just like, no, no, find a way. Put it next to your dick. Jerk off. 
I I found a way. I had to stick a Wemo in my asshole. Oh, well, at least, you know, that was an inclusive option because pretty much everyone has an asshole. Everyone has a hole. Yeah, exactly. So the you know. Wii U version is much more inclusive. Yeah, the Switch version assumes you have a dick. And it's like, no, no, you have a vagina. No, no, find a way. Find a way. Find a dick to strap this to. Just find an, any old dick will it doesn't, do. It doesn't that's, have that's, to be your dick. You can borrow someone else's dick. There's plenty of dicks in the world. Come on, they can't yeah, be that hard to you find. know, go find that asshole at work. He's a dick. Oh. That, <laughs> it's, it's, the, the Switch is quite a sassy console. Um... <laughs> So, my favorite thing was some of the uh, the outfits you could unlock. Uh, you know what outfit I was very into? Was it Cheerleader Link? Because no, that one was a good well, one. It was alright, but it's nothing compared to officially licensed Gundam outfit, where you just pilot a Gundam. That one was pretty good. I, I was a big fan of like the more flamboyant ones, like, uh, like a Drag Queen Link, which was basically just a great fairy outfit. I was a big fan of Pantomime Horse Link, where you get to be your own horse. You don't need to ride a horse. You just are the Pantomime Horse. Yes, it was kind of strange to have him just buckle down on all fours and run, but I was into it by the end. Very into it. Uh, I I was very into eating his own face outfit Link, which is less an outfit and more he starts to eat his own face. Yeah, the the screaming was unnecessary, but I I still Bath Sots Link. Oh, Batsol's Link, I would classify as more of a power-up than an outfit, but... <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we've talked we've talked a lot about Link. What about the other characters? I thought the uh, the new version of Tingle was uh, a bit of a different direction for the character. Yeah, do you want to talk about this, Gabe? Uh, yeah, Tingle, um, just, uh... Tingle was very a lot more macho in this game, um, which I could see what they're doing. They're trying to balance things out. They're trying to add some masculinity where they took some away um, in uh, letting you choose between um, j- uh, vajangas. Um, but uh, it was also just Donkey Kong. That was the thing. It right, wasn't it would... Tingle at all. It was just Donkey Kong. They didn't feel like... It, it was clear they didn't feel like modeling Tingle and putting Tingle in the game. It was just literally Donkey Kong. Um, yeah. Wearing, like, BDSM daddy leather, but, <laughs> like, green, like, Link's Yeah, exactly. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And still the, the tie, um, but using it to, like, uh, choke himself while he was <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a brave it's a brave set of choices they made. Uh, my favorite was the redesign that they made to the Deku the uh, Deku Scrub variant of Link, where uh, where we got instead Deku Scrub Ganon. I think Deku Scrub Ganon was a fascinating choice because it meant that we all underestimated the potential power of our villain because it looked like a, De- a Deku Scrub, and then suddenly off comes the mask. And it's something far more dangerous in terms of uh, Link transform- uh, Ganon transformations. It turns out it wasn't Deku Scrub Ganon at all. It was Catsuit Ganon, based on Ooh. the hit property Mario 3D World. Catsuit Everyone's Ganon. Everyone's favorite Mario franchise. Yeah. Speaking of other characters in the game, the, uh, the fish people whose name escaped me right now, because I, you know, play so many games. Yeah. The uh, the fish people though, I was really surprised that Nintendo went through the eff- through the effort of like modeling their nipples 
this yeah. time. I mean, they're always naked, but now they have nipples, which they have like six nipples, which is really confusing since they only I, have one set of boobs. I I was more impressed by the fact that rather than going for like a traditional like you know like a mermaid look or a shark look for your for your fish people, they went with that that fish that has the blob face, the blobfish, where it's just every fish person just had a face that looked like it was melting a bit. It's kind of a puddle of face. It's puddle not... of face. Yeah. It sounds like it sounds like Puddle of Mud, a classic band who oh. did most of the score for this year game. Well, see, there is a reference cleverly hidden in the game for the fact that Puddle of Mud do most of the music, and that that is that the, the fish people have a cover band in universe. Uh, it's a lot like Majora's Mask, where the fish people make their band, but it's called Puddle of Face, and it's a clever nod to the fact that Puddle of Mud did the soundtrack. And there's a full array of different radio stations you can turn to, but all of them play Puddle of uh, Mud. Yeah, so. like, most of them are Puddle of Mud, like, covering different uh, different bits of music. So you've got Puddle of Mud covering Zelda songs. You've got Puddle of Mud doing classic classical music from the 1800s. You've got Puddle of Mud covering pop tunes of the 2000s. <laughs> my favorite was Puddle of Mud covering the entire Shrek soundtrack. Uh, that my, one was good. My favorite was Puddle of Mud do every song that Smash Mouth has ever recorded, including their lesser known B-sides. Uh, that one was pretty good, but I really liked Puddle There of... was one that only did the lesser known B-sides, too. I really liked the Puddle of Mud covering Puddle of Mud songs as Puddle of Mud. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I Very re- meta. I really like the one where it was Puddle of Mud, but every time that they say the word mud in a song, they start singing Puddle of Mud covers of children's nursery rhymes. But every time that they say a word that starts with a vowel, then they start singing every version of the Pokemon theme tune as Puddle of Mud. I like that, that station. <laughs> it really confused me, that station. It really made me question life. <laughs> I cried when I first heard it, but then I eventually got used to it. So uh, I, I, I was fine with it at first, but after I listened to it for a while, I now can't sleep, eat, or orgasm if I'm not listening to that radio station. It's just, it's pervasive. It's pretty much my lifeblood as well. Exactly. Uh, my review, as it happens, I've not written my text review yet, but it's going to be the lyrics to that radio station just on loop for like three or four loops, and that's my text review. That that makes sense, really. I mean, that's yeah, really the know, only way to review this game. Yeah, it's the only fair way to, you know, convey my feelings in text. I could not do a text review. I did mine entirely in slam poetry. Um, <laughs> I... Be- because I just think this game is so abstract. Well, you, really. s- you see, I, I've i been working on something, and I might need uh, Gabe and Jed to uh, describe what I'm about to do, but I have been working on an interpretive dance I could use as my review, so are you ready to describe the interpretive <clears throat> dance I'm about yeah, to I do? Yeah, I got this. So, right. so what Laura's doing right now is she's covering her face slowly in what appears to be mud, and as she's doing it, she a puddle, a puddle of mud, and she she's really orgasming right now, not in a sexual way, but more of a critical way. And now she's doing the peace sign thing across her eyes because she sees the light of day for the first time ever, and she wants to swim through Link as if she's a Swimming. fish, 
swimming in a puddle of sleepy mud. And now she's she's going to sleep. She's taking a nap. A, a short nap. Oh, no. I No. Oh, she's back. And her hands are waving all over the place. Um, she's really working. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was my interpretive dance. Do you think that I conveyed the, uh, the mood of the game accurately there? That was pretty good. It reminded me of the 63rd boss fight um, oh, with the, the, one the with fish. The, with the fish that was a dance teacher that tried to teach yeah. you the, the, the secret to defeating Ganon through dance, but you thought it was him attacking you. And you accidentally murdered a helpless dance teacher. Yeah, I thought it. I thought yeah. it was really nice. She really reminded me of my mom. I like that. Yeah, I, is your mom um, the main character from Yuri on Ice? Because that's what she reminded me of. Yeah, that was my mom actually. I really liked the scene where, uh, as she's dying, she just looks up to you and she says that she is the uh, world's most sexy pork cutlet bowl, and no man can resist her. And then she dies. So, what did you guys think of the uh, the story? I mean, I thought it was uh, kind of kind of sexual, kind of profane, but it really made sense. It kind of brought together all the other Zelda timelines into one. I, I think it was really brave to have the reveal at the end be that this version of Link is young Miyamoto going on an adventure that encompasses so many adventures that it's what gives him not only the idea to create the series and like all of the other games were all in his imagination but i think it was really interesting that they also made it into a personal memoir of miyamoto uh the scat fetish really threw me off yeah it, it was really brave to be like you know you know we're gonna we're going to show you every bit of Miyamoto's life, the bits that helped him make the Zelda franchise, and the bits where he liked having his winky and a block of cheese. Yeah, the uh, it was really hard for me to play through the chapter that was about the creation and failure of Wii Music, because it was really deeply saddening, because I've never seen a video game character cry for that amount of time with no actual gameplay. I hated the the fact that you had to play through the entirety of Wii Music just to get through that section. Yeah, that was a strange inclusion of a minigame that took far too long. And then at the end, in the credits, it says, Wii Music was actually good. Suck it. Um, I, I, I like the, the fact that this all turned out to be a teaser for Wii Music 2. I, I think that uh, hiding Wii Music 2 so deep in there it's like you know we're gonna make sure that everyone is truly invested before we we say like okay it's time we music too are you ready yeah i mean game explain were right when they said and i'm paraphrasing here that this is a game you're going to want to know where and when you were when you first play it because it's that it's that uh you know impactful it's it, there's you know it's like it's like bc and ad here like Two timelines, before the Zelda and after the Zelda. And it's just like, wow. I was on a train when I had to play through the entirety of Wii Music. Um, and that was really difficult for me. Um, and I got a lot of weird stares. And then I realized what it was like 
for Miyamoto to create Wii music. Yeah, you know, it's the... The, the hardship. The level of judgment that I felt while playing, I now understand the level of judgment that would drive someone to create the Zelda franchise. So you, you've got to go... <laughs> do, you got to go through some pain if you want to create this kind of art. And I think this is a beautiful a beautiful way to, to encapsulate that. That make, I agree. Yeah, that makes sense, but the... Uh... There was a lot of painful sections, and some of them were more fun than others. I really like the kind of Hellraiser-esque world that you had to go to, the dungeon. Um, but I thought it was strange that, like, instead of collecting items, you were trying to find the box from Hellraiser. I, I, I liked the fact that, like, there were entire sections of this game just based on films that Miyamoto saw as a child. Like, that whole section where it's just like, oh, that's clearly when you watched that, that, like, the first episode of the Pokemon anime, and you got really into collecting monsters for a while. Yeah, it was kind of like Kingdom Hearts, except there was an entire section devoted to Son of the Mask. Yeah. That makes... <laughs> I, 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 I like the bit where, like, his, his parents tried to make him read the Bible, so there's just a whole Bible allegory that goes on for, like, four hours. I, I, I like the scene with the boss. The boss that looks like Reggie, and he's just yelling. He screams. It's kind of like that Andros boss from Star Fox, where it's just a big floating head, but it's Reggie's face and, and like, polygonal, and he's just screaming at you. Screaming at you to get out there and make that fucking Zelda that we need. We need fucking money, and he just keeps swearing at you. It's very... It's very, it's very surprising to find... It really in, caught me off guard. Yeah, it caught me off guard for an E-rated game, so... Uh, well, we we all saw the uh, the very real thing on the box where it suggest- said like there is some sexual content uh, on the Japanese box. I, 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 I knew it should I should have known it was coming. I I was not expecting the full blown sex scene in which Reggie and Miyamoto just bang for like an hour. I was yeah. I didn't get to play that one because it required amiibos. Uh, oh yeah, you didn't have the Reggie fucking uh, Miyamoto in the ass amiibo. <laughs> oh, you really missed out. Yeah, the uh, the the alternate scene it gives you, and if you don't have the amiibo, is one where Link is getting babysat because you know it's supposed to be young Miyamoto. He's getting babysat by a great fairy, and she uh, she gets a little touchy, and it's a, it's it's very uncomfortable. But it, you know, it's a common problem that we see throughout throughout the world so it was brave of nintendo to touch on that in such a uh such a careful way um so, very so meticulous I, I feel like we're at the point now where we uh i i don't know do you do we have more to say or is now a good point for us to start wrapping up so we don't get into spoiler territory I, well i think we should just outright spoil the the ending here i mean everyone wants us to <laughs> So we should probably just do what, it. You mean you mean the ending bit, other than the fact that it it ends up being uh, being No Man's Sky, right? You mean the other the, the other that. bit after that? Okay, okay. right. Who, the the part right after the credits. After you search all of the planets of No Man's Sky, and and just go one hundred percent completionist on on that that yeah. game within that, the game. That's. There's, there's another. That's, well, there, there's the ending where you get to see the live action ending where Miyamoto, dressed as Link, walks up to the the person who actually like co collaborated on the game, and they weren't very vocal about this. Uh, you go and walk up to Peter Molyneux and you give him a hug, and you just go, 
Thank you for helping my vision become a reality, Molyneux. You are very good at making games that make sense. The, uh, the, the, uh, there's actually lots of endings. I don't know if people know this. I mean, this is the first Zelda with so many endings. But the, uh, my favorite ending, personally, is one that connects to a future Nintendo Switch title. Where, at the end, Link finds a pipe and he goes through it. And then he pops out and he is in New Donk City with humanoids walking around him. Which I feel like is leading up not only to a Super Mario Odyssey crossover, but a new Smash Brothers that takes place in the real world. Sort of like that Adam Sandler smash hit, Pixels. Ah, yes. The critically acclaimed film. Speaking of Adam Sandler, it was strange that he voiced Eponia in this one. I I think it was... uh, His performance harkened back to some of his better performances, like that one in The Wedding Singer where he sang the song about how great love was and then how he wanted to die. Like, that that duality of purpose, I think, is uh, very, very telling of his better works. Who who voiced Ganon? I, I thought it was surprising, but I can't remember who. Uh, it, it was, um... Oh, oh. See, you know, it, I, it was tough to tell because of all the voice filters they put on. But right. if, I, if I remember right, it was, um... J- Janet Jackson... Yeah, that that was that's who it was, because it, they made they made her sound so masculine, but you know at the very end I like when Ganon looks in the camera and winks and says, um, "My first name isn't Baby, it's Janet, Miss Jackson. If you're nasty." Yeah, I I like that I got to see Ganon's tit for the first time. Oh, you haven't? There was a really great nip slip. Towards the towards the uh, third half, the, th- the third half of the game. <laughs> the third half. <laughs> I, uh, I the the last thing that I really want to make sure we touch on is the differences between versions. Uh, yeah. I mean, other than the, the the sexual you know masturbation scene that was definitely yeah. different between the two. Uh- I, I, I like the fact that the uh, they used the light sensor to tell whether you were at home or outside on the Switch version. So that, like, you know, they could tone down the content when you were at home because it was just fluorescent light. When it's the sun, it's like, oh, you're outside. Let's max all the volume settings and, like, turn on all of the explicit grunting that, like, makes the, the, the enemy sound like they're being fucked in the ass. Like... I like that that was... It was very considerate of them to be like, hey, you get a different experience at home and on the go. It encourages you to try the Switch both ways. That's why it's really the uh, the key Switch launch title. It it shows that your gaming experience can be different when you switch your location. I thought it was a bit uh, a bit obscene that the, the Wii U version on the gamepad, since it doesn't actually, like display anything in game that's useful it was just different advertisements for the switch the whole time and just like it was just like explicitly it was like you're stupid oh, for buying so, this version so okay i'm about to say a thing and dropping pretense for a moment this is a legitimate thing uh the wii u version of this game does in its Sievers and pass have a t-shirt that link can wear that is a nintendo switch logo on a t-shirt that comes in the season pass on the wii u version right that is true yeah yeah that is that is actual true yeah so just like everything we've said in this podcast. yeah just like just obviously just like everything we've said on this podcast we are only <laughs> leaking the most accurate information but oh i i i like 
That one's just extra. I, I like the fact that um, the the Wii U version you primarily play via mini games. Like, oh, you want to use your sword? Well, here's the sword mini game. You have to slice a piece of bamboo as many times as you can, and if you slice it enough times, you get to do your attack. It was just a shameless ripoff of Fruit Ninja, and I can appreciate that coming from Nintendo. Well, the, the sheer number of mini games. Like, <laughs> I feel like they have to have had the WarioWare devs working on the Wii U version, because it's like. Oh, you want to ride your horse? Well, poke your finger in its butthole. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, what else was the WarioWare devs doing? Clearly nothing. So. Exactly. They were making the poke the horse in the butthole to ride it minigame. Uh, I like the bit where if you want to uh, use the hang glider, you have to hold your hands out like at either side as far as you can in a T-pose with the gamepad in your mouth and then lean to, to lean the uh, the hang glider, you know, these are all very fun mini games. Yeah, I, I really got I really got sweaty playing this game, and in the best ways possible. So, uh, by the way, did you did you see the scene? That's also a very real scene where uh, Link is talking to two little people at the stable, and they're they're basically insinuating that Link likes to have sex with horses. Ah, uh, yes. My, I actually got the collector's edition of the Wii U version, and it came with a realistic mold of a horse dick, um, which could also double as an amiibo. I like that, but I like th- I was more a fan of the horse ass that came with the Switch version that has a place for you to put an amiibo in it, and it just, like, sticks yeah, out. And, yeah, and if you buy both versions, you can put the horse dildo inside of the horse asshole and you have a complete collection that is a lot of horse genitals yeah 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 i the the underlying theme of bestiality was um a little too comforting for me yeah the uh, the quote that i'm looking at from the game which i don't remember seeing this line is uh the two little people are saying you're right. He's got eyes that just that say nothing in this world matters to me except horses, and that is a very real line in this game. So, I uh, yeah, Miyamoto loves horses, and so does Link. We should probably yeah. wrap this up, though. Yeah, I think we're uh, we're we're hitting like the. Uh the the apex here because if we if we we could, we could go on for years with this if we're honest it could be years so and we will we will honestly that's actually how long it took me to well, finish see, the game yeah no i i got my review copy of this um obviously outside of embargo i stole it from nintendo but uh that was that was 8 years ago um i got it back in 2009 and I am glad to finally be be here to talk about only the most important parts. Uh, you're going to have to see the other eight years, 363-ish days worth of content yourself. Right. Here soon. Yeah. Here shortly. It's it's only, it's what? Under a week now is going to yeah. be out from the time of recording. So Yeah, and you're going to be getting all the reviews, uh, the official not embargo broken reviews in a few in a couple of days. So uh, if they don't talk about all of these features in their embargoed review, then you know it's because they agreed to an embargo and wanted to get code. And they are only saying what Nintendo want you to know because they are Tobias reviewers. So only if they talk about this information do you know that... Uh, you know, they're real reviewers that you can trust. Right, and I, I, you can trust us because 
you know, Nintendo always has ridiculous embargoes that are very specific of things not to talk about. And we basically talked about every single thing on the list of what not to talk about. So. Yeah. We talked about the things that we are forbidden from talking about. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So what would you guys say your final score is for Zelda? Because personally, mine is 6.9 out of 6.9. Ah, fuck. I was uh, gonna say it's, that. it's okay. I'm, I'm giving it... Um, Three out of ten, it didn't have exclusively a female character and did not play to my SJW agenda standards. Uh, three that, out of ten. I, that, that makes sense, really. Yeah, not not as good as Horizon Zero Dawn, ten out of ten, best game, because women. Uh, I, I'm going to go with uh, 7.8 out of ten. It Too much water, I was too wet the entire time uh, from playing this game. Yeah, that that's... The, yeah, yeah, so... um. Thank you very much for listening to the, uh, the first episode of Embargo Breakers. We'll be back next time we successfully break an embargo. And uh, thank you very much. We'll break more embargoes for you soon. Bye. Bye. Later. <laughs>